Welcome to this week's Confidence Mastery podcast episode. I am your host, Natalie Bailey, and today we have the amazing Keely Simpson joining us. Thank you very much for agreeing to come and share some time with us today. That's great. Thanks for the invite. I'm excited, actually. It's nice to catch up. It is. Um, it's, it seems like it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I, I feel like that all the time at the moment. I think... You know, when we've lived through the world of being on Zoom with COVID all the time, and then I think we've all taken a bit of a break off. Yep. I haven't yeah, been on a, on a, I haven't been on a big Zoom for quite a few months now. I haven't seen right. faces online for ages. It's been nice to see people in person, actually. That's exactly it, is that, yeah, absolute switch to really needing that like sense of being with people I think and I've enjoyed that as well that's good so I really wanted to get you on today um well not just today I've wanted to you to come on the podcast for a while because I really like what you do like the anti-hustle I'm not into all of that hustle grind 24-7 mentality um last week's episode I was speaking with my sleep coach and like the importance of of sleep rest recovery and that made me, reminded me of you and what you've been through and how important that is to you and your message of like anti-hustle. So would you like to share a bit about yourself and what, wh- where that anti-hustle comes from? Because I think it's really important like for anybody um, and even obviously you going through your recovery, I think it's even, it's even more poignant. Absolutely. No, I, it, and thank you for giving me the chance to get that message out there as well, because I know you know, I've seen a few people jumping onto anti-hustle now as if it's, you know, the in thing to do. But it's mm-hmm. it's a really key message. And the reason uh, the reason that I um, should explain that sometimes my hearing and sight and things aren't great is that I, I had a car accident um, six years ago, which basically left me with um, a traumatic brain injury and PTSD and basically oversensitization to things. So like eyesight's difficult, hearing's difficult, um, word finding can be difficult if I don't rest and things like that. Just a quick overview. But prior to that, I was just, I guess, a self-titled hustler. (laughs) I grew up in a Yorkshire background, little Yorkshire town where everybody says, you know, work hard, first of my generation to go to university and, you know, it's all about career and it's all about, you know, go and get your qualifications and and then when you got into work it was getting a big multinational that everyone knows and get promoted every year, mm-hmm. work 60 hours a week, work 70 hours a week, yep. all those turns into 80. And, yeah, and if I'm honest, I think it's such a roller coaster of being in that moment doing it that it took something like my accident to make me realise that in reality that was what I was doing. I was just hustling Mm -hmm. constantly and chasing my tail, trying to be, you know, trying to keep head above water most of the time, I guess, and doing well with it because, of course, the perception is, you know, you're doing really well and you've got a great job and. You have the security of being employed and working for, you know, some really great companies, and I felt lucky about that. But at the same time, it was kind of 
not a choice really it was you do what you have to do to yep. get it done yeah you know and i think that gives you some good traits you know like being determined being ambitious you know not letting people waste your time saying mm-hmm. no all those kind of things i know you cover a lot yep <laughs> your podcast. Um, i could kind of say it but i wasn't i would say i wasn't living it as much as i should have been in terms of doing that for myself rather than doing that to be able to do more yeah you know, that craziness of just what more can i do and yeah so basically when i had the accident i yeah i i mean i was literally forced to slow down yeah so i couldn't be the same person in terms of you know i wasn't i was ill enough to start with that i knew i couldn't work so yeah. that ended straight away for me in terms of recovery was going to be the number one thing um, and through that, I guess I started to, I would say, come down. You know, like when I was working in corporate life, it was always go all out and then, you know, go on holiday and by day 13 out of 14, you might feel like a normal person. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it all starts again, you know? Yeah. And I had to start to really, really think about self care and singular focus. I think that's where anti-hustle came for me because I always thought that if something can be done, you can do it, mm-hmm. which is not a bad message. I still believe that. But I think you can do things in a way that doesn't mean you have to do everything all the time. You don't have to do and, everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I used to believe I could. Yeah. And I would do absolutely everything to get to that. Yeah. And now anti-hustle for me is such an important message to get out there because it's for me it's about finding smarter ways of doing things um it's about being able to free up your time so Mm -hmm. making your time more efficient it's about automation systemization all sorts of things that you can do and that anybody could do to be fair if you if you knew about it you know and and that spreads into whether it's earning an income that way or whether it's, you know, living my life, which is still, you know, I still have chronic illness and I still have to deal with that all the time. Yeah. Did that happen to not, no, well, it would have, did it knock your confidence in yourself and what you were thinking about with your life? Absolutely. I, I always had, and I, I, I've been trying to find the root of where it came from to get it back, to be fair, but I yeah. always had a real inner sense of self-belief. I think I was lucky as a child to have parents that really, you know, push, not push me in a, you must do this type way, but really helped my confidence. Mm -hmm. And I had teachers that did that kind of thing. So from a really early age, I felt pretty confident. And then I guess my success in corporate life kind of led me that way too. And then, yeah, I basically have had six years now since the accident and I... I've had so, I mean, I still have so many doctors that I talk to, and a big part of that is the psychological side of dealing with what I refer to as old me and new me. Mm -hmm. And I've only just started to be able to get comfortable with saying, this is me now. This is me now. (laughs) Um, Because it feels like, it's like grieving for what you used to be. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it's not like I thought I was, you know, some kind of superwoman or anything. It was just... I know I could, you know, I could speak without having to actively think of each word. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, 
be in a supermarket at the beginning I couldn't even go into a supermarket because of the amount of people around my head yeah and you just start to think what is life and what what worth am I giving to life Mm -hmm. I was really lucky to have some amazing doctors because you know I've as part of the post-traumatic stress you know I've had some deep depression over the last few years as well and yeah getting back to confidence has been my hardest journey I would say and it's the thing that I know you'll agree on this, but it's one of those really key things that when when you feel good about yourself and you and it's an inner thing. I, it's not the perception of what other people think of me that I that bothers me the most. Mm-hmm. At all. It's my perception of how I've changed. How you feel about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I think inner confidence is one of the most important things you can get. Yeah. So that's been a massive focus. Yeah. Definitely. What's been the thing that's helped you the most to get to? being confident in yourself again I think first of all I had to get through the trauma yeah I think I just had to accept that you know trying to tell yourself something and whether you're doing affirmations meditation all the things you know that can help and I still do I couldn't reach into myself enough because I'd not process things you know you have a way of wanting to disassociate from it Mm -hmm. Which, you know, doctors can tell you at the time, I'm just thinking I'm fine. and you know, <laughs> But, you know, in hindsight now, I can see the journey I've been on. Um, and I think, so I dealt with the trauma side, I'd say, to be fair, for a couple of years. So I was really not in my normal place when I started to think about seeing people, being present again, mm-hmm. getting out there. And I really needed a purpose. And work was always that for me. Yeah. And, I, and that wasn't there anymore. And, yeah, the major thing that helped was, to be fair, starting to see people like yourself and a lot of um, the entrepreneurs that I see online, who I now have as, of course, as friends, etc. Mm-hmm. But I literally started to see different things on Facebook, just follow people. Um, it sounds ridiculous, but in a corporate life, it was a case of if you went on Facebook, you were looking at what someone was doing with the day, not yeah. necessarily, you know, learning something or seeing these amazingly inspirational people who were doing their own thing. And and honestly, that's what it was. I, I watched a Facebook Live one day. It was just coming up on my feed. I didn't even know what a Facebook Live was. Six <laughs> <laughs> years ago. And... Um, I just thought, this person sounds like they're talking to me. This is somebody who is literally just talking to me. And I started to get a love of feeling like something could come out of me again, that yeah. I'd find a purpose and that I'd find a crowd, a crowd and a tribe. And But the major bit has been, obviously, long story short, getting to the point of being able to get out there to, you know, to training, masterminds. Yep. Not necessarily networking as much in a in the normal sense of it because that's still difficult for me in terms of sensation and words and, and to be fair and confidence because I don't want to have to tell a story every time. Every time, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like now you yeah. can just point them to this podcast and they can hear it there. That's very <laughs> <true>. <laughs> because I'm conscious of it, so I want to mention it. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you can't spend your whole time living it again. No. And also... I think it's important that invisible illness is pointed out to people sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that was that became very clear with um, 
like the lockdowns of COVID and the exemption, um, like in the UK, it's so easy to say I'm exempt and then people not question. I've been to multiple countries in, in this period of time and like in Barbados, exemption, there's no such thing. Like it is so difficult to ex- try to explain. And um, it took me three hours to get out of the airport um, wow. because they were like, you must wear a mask. I'm like, I can't. So it, it, I completely understand what you're saying, you know, like you sh- but you shouldn't have to explain. No, no, you shouldn't. But at the same time, I f- I, yeah, I flip backwards and forwards with it in terms of how do you raise awareness of it without health being the only story, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're such positive, both of us are such positive people. And, you know, and I don't want to be a victim and I don't want to be, you know, constantly having yeah. people think that it's, you know, this is all that's defined me as no. such. But at the same time, it's like, do you know what? People might smile on the outside, but everyone's got stuff going on in the background. Yep. It doesn't matter. And you can't feel shame for... Because that's the other thing I've dealt with, just that feeling of, oh, how do you say it? You know, someone's always worse off than you. And yeah. I've grown up with that, you know, that northern mentality of, you know, that there's always someone worse off, so be grateful. You've got food and you've got a roof and, you know, and it's a, it's a big thing when you, you're pointing it out to people, but you don't want them to take it, you know, in the wrong way. As if you're special in some way or whatever. We're all, well, well, we are all special. Every person is special. We all have a story. We all have a journey. We're all individual and unique and we are all special because we all have different abilities and capabilities and things that, you know, make us who we are. And, you know, that that is part of your journey. You are special and you should believe that. Very true. And I do believe that, actually. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> So you um, recently launched your podcast, didn't you? The Anti Hustle. Yes, I've I've recorded it, but not. You've not launched it yet. Ah, yet. so. <laughs> so obviously we're talking there about slowing down. You you had no choice but to to slow down. What would you say to people that do have a choice but aren't taking that choice? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because. I think about that often in terms of going back to old me and saying, actually, these things that I'm doing now would make your life a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that would be, first of all, understanding that you have a choice. Because I think when you're locked up in a world where, it doesn't have to be the corporate world, but any world, any reality for you where you need financial stability and you need your health and you need all these things, you know, we all put ourselves under pressure to you know, make ourselves feel as comfortable as possible. But life isn't comfortable, it's uncomfortable. So my biggest thing has been how much I've loved actually getting out of my comfort zone because I've been forced to. Mm -hmm. Um, And accepting that you will find a way. So not feeling trapped in a situation is the first thing. I would say that if I'm honest, I've probably had 20 years of knowing that I should be an entrepreneur, always wanted to be an actress, always wanted to do something out, you know, yeah. with variety and change and meeting people. And, and I think I was living, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but a square box in a round hole type thing. And <laughs> just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what's... What you're meant to do. Heart, what's good forever. Yeah. yeah. So that's the first thing I'd say, definitely 
everyone can look at their life and say, I can't change it. But to be fair, okay, yes, it took me being forced to change. But if I, if I could give any advice to anyone who thinks they're trapped, it would be, look, look outside of it and think about what you could do. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm going to help people with on the um, podcast anyway, the transition. Yeah. It's quite a big thing, I think. It's a huge thing um, that's quite overlooked, isn't it? Like, especially going from one to the other. So my mum had the transition of corporate to entrepreneur. Um, you know, we do property development and she went from having a team of people to it being just me and her. And then I live in a different country. So she's like looking around, like, where's, where's all the people? Um, but it, it does take that time to transition. So it's good to know that, you know, there are people out there like yourself that can help with that because otherwise, you know, you can feel lost. And I think that that's the thing that you, you probably felt. Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think you have to allow yourself that time as well. I think time's a big thing. Not putting yourself under time pressure to go. Because what I would have always done was, I'm in a job. I'm getting promoted quite regularly. I used to leave jobs knowing I didn't have a job because that's how confident I felt at the time. <laughs> Which now, I can't go and work anywhere because health-wise, I'm not... I can't say what day and time I'm going to be well enough to work. Yeah. But it's not an option at all. It's not even like I can go and, you know, volunteer around the housing area or anything because I let people down a lot. So it's got. I've got to have complete flexibility. Yep. Um, so you've managed and, to create that life for yourself now that, to work yeah. around your your and health. I, but it came over time. Yeah. And it didn't, even though I said I, you know, a couple of years in maybe, so maybe four years ago I started, you know, starting to listen to some content on this kind of lifestyle that people have. And, and like you say, I'm working out that it's not one or the other either, you know, mm -hmm. like this whole corporate or entrepreneur, it's, it's life. It's it is like just life. It's so many different elements. Yeah. You know? So thinking about life, <laughs> what's, what's the thing that makes you happiest at the moment? Oh, that's a great question. Because... The reason I say it's a great question, because, well, it's a good question in general, but it's it's one that I I still battle with in terms of working out what, because I had to deal with dealing with things and thinking that my mind automatically goes to loss, whereas my head's going, you're positive, come on, what makes you happy? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy, this battle that goes on in my head and in my body the whole time. I think... I love, well, I don't think, I absolutely love, if I had to put it down to anything, it would be, I love that I actually am more uniquely myself again now. I feel like I've found, as corny as that might sound, I've, on the journey since then, I feel like, I was saying this to a doctor the other day, yeah. I feel like I've gone back to being 20 again, because I'm in my 40s now. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, and I actually can recognize traits in myself that I'd maybe not lost but had you know honed in according to what environment I was in or you know the leadership role I had or and I and I just love the variety I love that I, I never don't want to wake up every day and I know again that's something so many books say to you you know you should always want to get up with a purpose and love your life but but sometimes you don't 
you know, things happen. Things things like are terrible, and depression is an awful thing to deal with. It's something that I've got, you know I go through quite <laughs> quite regularly. Like you know, especially over the past two years, and you think like, what's the point? And then you have to go through that cycle, and then remind yourself that actually people need you, and you need you. Oh, absolutely. And I was just going to say as well, the other thing is people, support network, um, yourself included in that, because everybody who can understand it and has taken the time to talk to me Mm -hmm. and then become a friend through that and my family for what they've had to go through, obviously my partner, etc. It's not easy for other people either. But for me, it made me, for example, it made me move back to Yorkshire. I'd had 20 years in London. I had yeah. any adult life in Yorkshire. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just here. Yeah. What, what, what does that feel like? Probably why I feel 20. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Are you enjoying being back there? I'm, I'm loving being near family again. Yeah. Because I haven't had, it's strange to think now because I'm not reliant on family because I haven't had anyone around for so many years. Yeah. And I've lived around the world as well on my own. So I'm, I've always been really independent and losing my independence, which I have to some extent, yeah. this, um, has been hard. But being near them is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And when I moved up, I didn't know that my sister was um, pregnant. Ah. Oh. found out. Yeah, we found out literally. Two weeks after I moved up or something. Oh, wow. I found out. Amazing. Yeah, so I have an, I'm an auntie, and imagine if I'd been in London, I wouldn't have seen any of that. No. And it's the best feeling in the world. That's lovely. That's strange, actually. Oh, not strange. I was speaking to a friend last night I saw randomly. Um, and because obviously I moved back to Mallorca and I've not seen him for a couple of years. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> Um, and he had to move back to England because the government here, like with the lockdowns and they got no help, um, was really successful uh, businessman and basically had to go back and start all over again. But they said, he said, you know, he, you know, Mallorca's home to him as well. He's been here 20 years. Um, so going back, I guess similar, 20 years. Um, but he said the thing that has been nice is being near the family. He didn't realize how much he missed his family. And I felt that when I was in England for 11 months, when I was only supposed to be there for one month, as much as I hate being in England, it was really nice being able to see my mum and spend my Saturdays with my dad and, and have that. Cause I don't have that in, in Mallorca or in Barbados. So I think like that's that's a really important thing to that makes you feel good being able to spend those that time and make those memories and be part of the memories rather than hearing about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, weddings, funerals, whatever it is, you're not part of it a lot no. of the time. You know, I've been stuck in Paris and missed like family funerals and all sorts of things through work and yeah, to be there when even though it was COVID, so I moved back literally as COVID. The month before COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I came back to see family and then we all got told we couldn't see people. <laughs> 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 but to know but that did, I was around in did, case anything, yeah. you know, anyone ill or anything was great. Um, and to, like I say, to have been in, it's the only grandchild we have in our, there's only me and my sister, so yeah. it's, I don't have children, so it's, it's amazing to have her. Yeah. 
that's also um I was having a chat with someone the other day speaking about family and um how the world population is decreasing and I was like but actually it's increasing but when you think back generations so our generation like they're either not having kids or they're having one or two whereas our parents had maybe three or four their parents might have had six or seven I just think can you imagine being pregnant seven times again and again and then like people decide that's it just just two so where like where's the future of humanity if yeah. we're all only having well none or one kid yeah and it you know that's another without getting emotional about something but that's another thing you know i was 36 when i had the accident mm. And I'd not even decided if I wanted to have children. I'd not thought about it. I'd always, you, you know, I'm naturally a caring. I think I've got that natural motherly type quality <laughs> that everyone would assume I'm, I'm either a mum or I, I want to be a mum. Yeah. And, I, and it wasn't that I didn't want to be a mum. I just was so obsessed with getting through Your things career. every day, just yeah. achieving, achieving, achieving. And, and I... I you know, have a long-term partner over a long time, so it's not that I couldn't have chose to have a family. Yeah. Um, but then, when the choice is taken away from you, that's an, that's been another major thing. When because we're going from thirty-six to forty-three as I am now, and you know, I can't. It's hard enough to get through my days as me. Yeah. And when I, when I look after my niece, I have to really, you know, I can. I can function maybe for, say, let's say an hour and a half, maybe something like what we're doing. Yeah. And I might have to then sleep for the rest of the day or it might have stimulated my brain so much that the whole week needs counselling. Yeah. It's it's that crazy. So the idea of being able to look after a child, and I would never do it unless, you know, only I could do it properly, feels like a big loss as well Mm -hmm. and at the same time having now seen a baby from scratch (laughs) now you see what goes into it (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) i realized how much i love them yeah oh gosh it's a baby and i literally adore it to pieces so yeah that's been another thing that i guess you know, you talk about like generations do certain things and like I liked to be away from family, mm-hmm. not because I chose to be away from family, but like you, I, I've lived in, you know, four or five different places in the world and it doesn't bother me. And I love that feeling of being somewhere different. Yeah. I don't mind being on my own at all. And I just love culture and meeting people and that freedom. And I guess what always scared me about coming back, even though I knew I missed family, was that that might be me saying it's going to be too hard to go again. Because when I went at 19, you're not thinking it's forever. You're thinking, oh, I might go for a couple of years somewhere yeah. or whatever. And it changes. Um, it turns into, well, I, yeah, I came to Magaluf for three months and 11 years later, I'm still here. So. <laughs> well, I, I, went, I went two weeks and stayed for three months. <laughs> Magaluf does something to a person, doesn't it? <laughs> But, you know, I think it's like you say, it's hard to find that balance because it's wonderful being near family now and I love having control over my work life now. Although, of course, I'd love the stability of other things and 
in an ideal world, of course, I'd love to be able to go to the gym again and all those wonderful things that I loved. But my advice to people would be, and you said this, I think, to me as well, actually, quite a few times, you know, you're only living once and it's your life and you've just got to make your choices what make you happy, but at the same time, you know, Mm. fit the other things in, fit all the other really, they're still really important to you. Yeah. Just, you know, that you have to be yourself and live your own life a bit as well. I don't think I could have lived here for the 20 years before. I don't know why. So in in long answer to your question, (laughs) I I don't feel settled yet, weirdly, even though I've been back two years now. Yeah. But COVID hit. No, I think that threw everything one out, didn't it? No, but the interesting, well, interesting, but (laughs) the interesting thing for me about COVID was with the isolation, etc., and watching everyone's health, it was basically why I moved back was because I'd been in the house on my own so much through recovery Uh and going to different hospitals like three times a week for so many years that I just thought, you know what, this isn't a life because family aren't here and obviously partners working, friends yeah. at work still, etc. wasn't well enough to jump on the tube every five minutes and go half an hour to the other side of London. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I basically came here to escape that and then watching everyone else, the whole country go through it was, I actually coped better in COVID than anybody I know in that. For me, I felt like I had more of a life during COVID than I'd had before, yeah. which is ridiculous. And I know people went through great trauma and lost people, and you know, and I was lucky enough not to be one of those people yeah. who lost anyone. But that's what it. If you want, if anybody wants to know what it felt like at the beginning, that's what my life felt like. Except that I didn't have any energy to be able to work out at home to break up my day or yeah. any of those kinds. it it affected people's mental physical health and obviously you kind of had had that sort of lockdown already so you probably were better prepared for it than any of us yeah and it and it was the same thing it's that shock to the system because none of us expected lockdown to just be lockdown and you can't go to the supermarket even everyone's like i mean you'd never think everyone would get so excited about an hour at the supermarket it's just (laughs) honestly I was I was out all the time I was out for hours a day like I just got to the the house all the time no I'm I'm an outdoor person like if I'm in the house for too long I'm just like well no this isn't right um I even I quit drinking because I was watching people like becoming just like what, what, what else was there to do and I thought if I can not drink during lockdown I've cracked life <laughs> um don't know if that I've, I've cracked life but <laughs> and it was an interesting experiment I did 31 days oh that's amazing though that's really well done. 31 days straight and then I think I had a drink but then I wasn't I wasn't drinking every day anyway but yeah. it was then I just went back to having a couple or like I'm not, I'm not even going to try and pretend that I didn't see people because I did. I made friends with the neighbours. We, uh, you know, I'm not... Uh, That's one of the things that came out of it, though. People needed that neighbourly support. Yeah. I think community. 
again, we all talk about it, but community is missing a lot of the time, isn't it? It is, which is why it's important to stay connected to people. And, you know, like you said at the beginning about you finding something on social media which helped you. Um, I used to think, I don't know if you, you used to think, so like, social media it's like I, I don't give I don't give a fuck if you're going to buy a pint of milk because that's what I used to see people doing posting that that's what they're doing and then I'm seeing all of these things now different things coming up on my feed and someone saying to me yeah just yesterday oh well everyone's doing this thing now like coaching and stuff and it's like well if you change your circle of people you're going to see more of that kind of thing this is not that everybody's doing it it's that your circle of people has changed and there are seven, what is it, seven billion people in the world? Like, one person can't help everyone. We have specialities and individuality stuff that we can help people with. And, like, I know that there'll be certain people that resonate with you and what you've been through, and, and you'll be able to help them more than you'll be able to help other people because of the way that we relate to people. Absolutely. We're all individuals, aren't we? We all take to people in different ways for different things. Um, and you're right my inner circle changed massively through social media but oh my god i bear in mind that i was in high level sales and marketing jobs <laughs> <laughs> social media for me was just you know marketing team are going to show you some adverts that they're going to show you on a banner in youtube or whatever yeah. i was like okay can't, we can't work out how to mon- you know how it, exactly it's going to pay it back, but we know that that's what everyone's doing now. Yeah. And we're a cool brand and all those kind of things. That's how marketing kind of felt to me. And then outside of work, it was just, yeah. Oh my god, why are people taking pictures of everything they eat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and seriously, I didn't even get an iPhone for uh, forever, and then now I live my life off it. I'm yeah. Like, it's not just about that. Actually, it's, it's actually really convenient. It is. It's one of the things I would say to everybody. I can do my blanket. I can do everything on it. And that helps manage your time. Yeah. But if I was taking my photo every five minutes. <laughs> I take my photo every five minutes. <laughs> it's not necessarily helping. <laughs> well, it depends. Why do people want to see my face? People do want to see your face. Right? You have to think about this, right? It's, it's technology creates a barrier for people. Now, the reason I do share a lot of images is so people know my face, so they get to see me. And they they see the, the lifestyle, they see who I am. Um, I did a, a post recently, I went at my last photo shoot, and we did some, like, you know, may I take the piss? And we did some, let's take some pictures with a laptop and a phone. <laughs> um, so I posted it the other day. I mean, we did this in uh, last November, um, so I asked people, what do you think when you see images like this? Now, I did it to take the piss because I, I think like, well, you're clearly not working because you've got someone taking a picture of you. But the conversation that came from it was really interesting. To, so people were like, if, if it was by the pool and that was that, that would be much more you. Like that, that, isn't, that isn't me and my brand. But but from that, it shows that people have got to know me through sharing my image. So people will want to see your face. So do take a selfie every now and then. <laughs> I know, it's true, actually, because <laughs> thinking back to when I first met you, obviously we first met in person yes. before COVID, but um, it was you and your personality and how you come across that 
I could see straight away because we all walk in a group environment, yeah. but, you know, one-on-one, being able to grab coffee, etc. And, I, yeah, you're right. In a one-on-one environment, it's the thing that attracts you to people, isn't it? So when you've got that screen in between you, yeah. But again, it's back to confidence. For me, yeah, like with the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything, because I'm trying to, again, put, you know, help on both sides like yep. you do. And... Yeah, for a while it stopped me recording anything because I was just like, oh gosh, I don't want to watch myself back and then I've got to think about how I'm sounding and am you, I getting the right words? You don't have to think about how you're sounding, right? You just That's have right. to do it. Yeah. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice when it's played back to them. And that's because yeah. it sounds different because of the way that it's projected back. That is all. So when you it hear your... Like when you hear your, watch themselves in films. Yeah. You know. <laughs> when it's all put together, they don't recognise the film because they don't want to watch it. No. <laughs> they don't want to see themselves played back. And Yeah, no. So I've started... You, you taught me that quite a lot, just not to care major things, but not to care what other people think. And that's a big confidence booster. Yeah. Because the minute you stop caring about what everyone else thinks, the people that matter actually stay and the people that don't. Exactly. They can stay and have a go at you, or they can go away. Exactly. I've had quite a few people have a go at me recently. I'm just like, see you later. Thanks for the feedback. Um, bye. <laughs> so if you you know think about all the people that you you're not helping by not getting that stuff out there. You know, like go going back to the beginning of the, the anti hustle message being so important. You're not helping people if you're holding back. Which is partly why I wanted to... vulnerability enough to, isn't it, to put yourself out there. But it needs to be the real vulnerable me yeah. showing how I am. Otherwise, I could put on the smiley, hi, welcome to the podcast, everybody's great. You know, yeah. That's not going to help anybody because no. that's... It's not real. Because it's not. Social, it? No. Right. I, I've had uh, some few nice comments. I did... Uh, to how how shit things have been <laughs> podcasts recently <laughs> because you know there's no point lying about yeah, things right. I don't I don't I get all of that can, again it might sound a little corny that people say this a lot but people need help it's not a case of oh I, you know we're trying to make money out of people when you're trying to help people or coach people mentor people do some kind of training or retreat or an online course it's I've really realised that if I'd had someone offering what I know now, yeah. six years ago, you know, they always say someone, follow someone two or three steps ahead of you, but yeah. my goodness would it have made a difference. Exactly. I, I would buy it 20 times over tomorrow if someone could tell me what I know now at the time of the accident. So what's uh, what's what's next for you? What's other than launching the podcast, now you've got stuff recorded, how... Yeah, no, I'm going to start... The, the big focus has been, just really briefly, it's been trying to get income streams that are varied, yeah. that can be done and then left or automated, systemized, outsourced, that kind of thing. So, you know, I've been and done quite a lot of the property journey. I've done quite a lot of online marketing, that kind of thing. So now I think I'm ready and vulnerable enough and I've put myself out there enough now that I can start to help people. So this has come about because people have been I'm, I'm regularly approached by people asking for advice and mm-hmm. saying wow you're such an inspiration and and that's really humbling you know obviously and especially when you were lacking confidence about it so 
I started to help people. I started to help some mentor some people to start a business, you know, mm -hmm. explain that transition and say, look, for example, even as single parents, you've got school drop-offs. You know, lots of, um, lots of parents have contacted me saying, I've only got a few hours, what can I do? And I'm like, you know what, some weeks I don't have any hours. Uh -huh. So there's definitely things you can do. Yeah. So for me, it's about continuing to add those income streams so that I feel secure and stable. Yeah. Because obviously, at the end of the day, money is not everything, but money makes life easier. It does. As we all want to say. And I can't drop everything tomorrow and go work somewhere. No. So for me, that's it's a, it's a pressure as well. But and the best way I really want to do that now, my next stream is, of course, podcasting is a free access for people to be able to help. Which I really do believe it's anybody who gives their time to do to create a podcast as you do. I think it's such a great thing to add value to people for free. Yeah. Which of course I will do, and then. I'm going to work more in depth into an online, different different um, bits of it at the moment, but transition being, I think, the first thing that I'll probably launch, some kind of online training for people to help them through yep. dealing with that change. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. That would be amazing for people to be able to help them go, you know, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> life, life needs to change. I think a lot of people, they say they... They want change. Like we were saying earlier, you know, you, you were forced to. Some people, they, they, they have the choice and they don't take the choice because deep down, deep rooted, they're just stuck in a system. And I think getting, getting that message out that, that there is another way that you can do something different and you can do it on little time and you don't have to be sleep deprived or you know, at every networking event or constantly online. I think it's really, really important to, to share that because, you know, we need sleep. We're human beings. Our brain needs, you know, you especially, you especially know this, you know, it needs rest and recovery. If I don't, oh, mate, I'm, I'm miserable. <laughs> My brain doesn't, it doesn't work if I don't sleep. I have terrible sleep issues. And like the the time I might be in the gym two and a half hours a day at the minute, but I'm training for going back to Barbados because I'm a tart. I'm doing a photo shoot on a beach. Um, <laughs> but if I don't, if you don't have the recovery period, your your muscle and your body doesn't doesn't keep up. So I like the anti hustle way of thinking in the same way that I teach health, wealth, and happiness. Because you need that balance in life, and having the confidence to, to to go no, like you said earlier, saying no, you know, <laughs> having the confidence to say no to people phoning you at all hours and 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 all of that, I think is a huge thing to be able to to help people. So, when are you launching your podcast? Oh, you think. Very anti-hustle-like, I would say. <laughs> but at the moment, it's just delayed um, because I'm recording in advance to be able to keep the consistency there to help people. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say 2022, but not exactly sure the month yet. <laughs> See, that's very anti-hustle. That is, but you know me, I like, I like, no, you know me, I like a goal with a deadline, so, because I want to be able to, to share, to send people to it, so. I know, I know, and I think it's a good thing to do. 
I will make people aware of it. I just, the big thing I've learned, and it's so not me at all, is I if I put a date on it, it's not something that motivates me towards a date anymore. Right. It's pressure that my brain takes. It's very subconscious. My brain takes it as panic and fear and it goes back into a real worry about things mm -hmm. whereas if I'm not thinking about it and I'm just like we've just done today you know I'm just chatting yep. it's fine it'll happen quicker than it will now if I had to think of too many goals yeah because overwhelm is a massive part of my injury as well so definitely in 2022 as soon as I can do it but without yeah. any pressure because my life is hustleless hustleless I love it <laughs> So what would be the one big tip that you would give to somebody to say to slow down? Because you can't just stop, slow down all the time. Yeah, so the one thing for me is that there's always choice. Don't ever feel trapped by circumstances, whether it's health, wealth, happiness, family, you know, and... But also, don't put yourself under too much pressure to, you know, conform. Just, it sounds crazy, but, you know, little steps are better than huge steps. To, that sounds crazy to a hustler, I should say, because I yeah. used to think, don't be ridiculous, I can just do, you know. <laughs> what, if someone can do this, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just like, do you know what? <laughs> Who cares what everybody else can do? It's completely not a part of my life at all. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Enjoy yourself while you're doing it and don't feel trapped because the outside world will always throw things at you and, it, and everyone can go through life. But I wish I'd made more active decisions before I was forced to. Yeah. So what does confidence mean to you? Confidence for me is being able to live a life that feels good for you and for you primarily, no matter whether you're married, have children, everything else. I think everything starts with you and inside yourself and inner confidence is what makes you shine and, you know, be better for everyone else around you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the same. Like, you can't be the best person to everybody else if you're not being the best person to yourself. Like, absolutely. it's treating yourself as if you were your own child you know we, we're so mean to ourselves I, before we started recording I was saying to you about how mean I've been to myself and I'm like I one I don't teach that and two like it's absolutely I wouldn't I wouldn't say those things to somebody else so why say it to yourself 100% and yeah I've been guilty of that many times in the past yeah and but also one and major major thing that I love being in these kind of circles is tell somebody how great they are you know we're not competing against each other you know tell people what's great about them yeah people love having you know compliments and and i don't mean to you know slide in there and have a friend i mean because we should all be celebrating and celebrating each other well. exactly like our uh, clubhouse group like how amazing is that group of people like just fully supportive no yeah fully supportive and connected and always there you know we might go through periods of time where we're not speaking much and then there's always that support I think a support network is really really important so Absolutely. 
Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for being on. Um, despite a little blip, <laughs> my little blip. <laughs> Oh, come on. So where can people I know I know where can people find you? Uh you can find me on socials, uh gen- mainly on Instagram I would say with the anti hustle bits. Yeah. Um but I am now um running an anti hustle life blog as well. So anything anti hustle life, anti hustle entrepreneur. Lovely. So we will put all the links in the show notes. Um, so people can come and find you and for when you do launch your podcast, which is called Anti-Hustle Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. There we go. Anti-Hustle Entrepreneur podcast coming to your ears very, very soon from Keely Simpson. Thank you very, very much for sharing your journey and for being an amazing person. Oh, thank you. Same back to you. (laughs) Thank you very much. So thank you very much for listening, for subscribing. If this has been useful, please do share it with other people and let them know that they do not have to hustle 24-7 because, well, life's too short. (laughs) So thank you again, and I'll see you on the next one.